Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. If you have an ego, and by ego, I mean people who, you know, you feel like you're at the top of the company and it's sort of the same as it works in your personal life ego, which is that you will be in your own way at some point in your career if you can't figure out how to um, manage yourself. This is the Business Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Edwin Rondoza. Welcome. How's it going today? How are you? First off, thank you for joining me. This is episode number 79, and I'm really excited to share the conversation I had with Claire Adams. She is one of Canada's leading content and event executives. Claire is currently the co-CEO of Notable Life, where she oversees all non-linear and linear content, engagement strategies, production and content distribution for Notable Life, and its brand campaign partners. Prior to Notable, Claire was the head of entertainment for the NHL Scotiabank World Cup of Hockey. She was the EVP for Bristow Global Media and CBC's head of live entertainment. In our conversation, Claire explains why she took the risk of leaving leaving a good role as a a production stage manager to an entry-level position and how that eventually led her to become an executive producer of of live entertainment. She shares the challenges they faced when, when they took over Notable Life that had a different culture, one that they were not used to, and how they how they are currently scaling while they introduce new strategies. And she stresses how important it is to be a business leader with compassion and purpose and to always practice gratitude. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Claire. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know it took a while to coordinate our schedules, so I'm very grateful that you um, are making the time. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving being in your production garage, literally, aka <laughs> garage. It's great to be here in your new location and really excited uh, to learn more and share share your, your business leadership uh, journey as well. But Claire, why don't we start off uh, telling the listeners who who you are. Who is Claire when she's not, you know, passionately growing and scaling Oh my gosh. Well, I would say I'm pretty much the same as a, I mean, I'm the same person as I am at work than I am at home. I would say a little bit different for me at home because I spend my day making decisions and quick decisions and important decisions. And so at home, I'm fairly easygoing. My husband will say, what would you like for dinner? And I'm like, I have no opinion about I'm all out of opinions. So in my real life, I'm pretty easygoing, um, although hyper organized. Um, I I love food. I love to travel. I haven't done a lot of traveling uh, since uh, I took over Notable with my business partner, 
mm-hmm. about 18 months ago, but I'm looking forward to traveling in 2019. <laughs> um, it, it, I'm sure it's time for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, we just finished producing the Country Music Awards uh, on today is uh, Tuesday, and we just finished it on Sunday. And I just thought to myself today, I really would like a regular day off, which means a, a proper vacation. So that, that probably might mean t- turning off your cell phone. Y- yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> unfortunately, on those large scale shows, they're not done, you know, when the broadcast goes off air. So um, I would like to turn off my cell phone. I'm hoping that for that this weekend. But, uh, you know, I, I've, I've always loved working. And that is something I know about myself because I was thinking about doing this interview with you today and I thought I, I was, you know, reflecting while I was having a shower, which is the only time I get to myself. Yeah. And the, the <laughs> cell phone's not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I thought, what's the thing about me that I want to share? And I've I've always loved working. I started working when, and I don't even know if it was legal at that time, it must have been, but like when I was 14 years old, yeah. I got a job at um, a department store. It was called Zeller's mm-hmm. and I was a cashier and I loved it so much that I grew up, my whole sort of teenage life was being a cashier and then subsequently a supervisor right, right. at Zeller's. And, you know, I didn't even want to go to school, um, uh, go off to university when I, I hit that that timing in my life. I wanted to stay at Zeller's forever and just like, sure. just work. Yeah. So I have gone from job to job to job to job to job and basically worked my entire adult life. Um and I really love it. Like some people are workers and some people are dreamers. And I'm sort of both. Right. No, that's great. And I'm, I almost want to start there. But I mean, <laughs> you, you have amazing, I'm sure, I'm sure that experience at a young age and becoming a supervisor, it really, it really instilled you from the start. But I wanted to really get the listeners to know a bit more about what you're doing right now. Like, yeah. Tell us about Notable. I know you just mentioned you took over, you're fairly new, and we'll get into that a bit more later, but 18 months, but tell us what your role is now, what what are some of the key projects, or what are the key things that you're trying to accomplish now mm. in the next 6, 12 months? Well, <clears throat> what we're trying to do in the next 6 to 12 months is continue to scale uh, rapidly to meet the needs of the market, not to just scale for scale's sense, but um, to meet the needs of our consumers of our media brand and clients of our all of our branded content. And we do a lot. Um, and so for the next six to 12 months, we are continuing to be sort of on target and strategy to uh, acquire other female-led companies. We've just in this past uh, eight weeks acquired two female-led companies that now work uh, under the Notable Life Media Group with Carly Posner and myself. Um, and we have several other announcements to follow that will continue to expand this company. Um, and so that's what we're really excited about is dominating, um, you know, being a Canadian company that's proudly Canadian and rooted here in Canada, but, but filling the needs of an industry that exists also beyond this country. And Mm -hmm. so we'll be looking at expansion into other markets in uh, 2019. Well, that's super excited. So be sure, Claire, to to let me so we can share with the audience when you have new things. <laughs> yeah, coming. for sure. I mean, I know us as our brand. We're not as big as as notable, but we definitely have our following and our listeners as well. And it's really exciting. What what I'm curious is about. You mentioned partnering or acquiring um, 
women-led companies? Is there, is there a specific reason? You know, it's just really how the stars aligned. We, my partner Carly and myself, we didn't go out specifically looking for female operated companies. We looked at companies that met the criteria of really what we were looking for in businesses, people who have impeccable reputations and how they work with their uh, clients, people who have um, who, who have nimble and disruptive business models, um, and people who think uh, you know, collaboratively stretch collaboration for us is always really important, um, which is a, you know, a specific business kind of collaboration in terms of working. So, so we looked for companies that met all of that and they also happened to be led by incredible females. So that was just a bonus for us. But of course, Carly and I, for most of our careers have looked to sort of bring up other female leaders. Um, it just so happened that these two companies fell into that category. Oh, that's interesting. And for the listeners out there and those who may be within a leadership role and thinking about a, I guess, a, a strategy to grow through acquisitions, mm-hmm. and this is, sounds like, sounds like what you're doing. How did you and your partner, Carly, you know, go about this finding these, you know, this checklist of, of companies? Well, you know, we're really lucky in that we have an outward facing media company. Mm-hmm. We're not a B2B company. We're a B2C. Part of our company is a B2C company. So, uh, the notable life publication and media uh, distribution channels give us a lot of visibility into what's in the market, what's happening with Canadian entrepreneurs. Those people make up our community. Mm-hmm. And so um, Carly and I knew that we needed to expand and want to expand our business. And we kept looking at our in-house offerings, which were continuing to grow. And then where are the gaps and overlaps internally and, you know, with what sure. other companies could provide. And, and, you know, remarkably the, the two companies, um, one being, um, Aiello, uh, which is a very significant wine, spirits and cannabis community-based agency and convey which is a branding agency those two companies um you know neither of them were really looking to have their companies be acquired Mm -hmm. they uh just the the female leadership of those companies um really were interested in what you know mine and carly's ambitions and aspirations were and decided to wrap their companies up under ours so that they could become part of something that was you know bigger and um more and and put would would have more impact no that's great and was this a strategy that you and carly had brought in when you came in or was this something this year happened it was always part of our strategy uh what happened was in december of 2016 julian brass who's the founder of notable came to carly and i and was really interested in that at that time and speaking to us about developing a television property for him and uh you know, Carly and I had just started to set our sights on expanding our careers beyond television. And so at that time, we felt that for us to work with anybody in television, they really needed to understand how we viewed linear content mm-hmm. um, and what needed to happen with any type of vision to be on television in terms of how it's monetized, how it's distributed, how it's created, all of those pieces. And so we said to Julian at that time, we weren't interested in just making a television show. We create big 360 models as executive producers and and creators of content. Um, and Julian came back to us several weeks later and wanted to holistically partner in term- with his company. And, and what we were excited about at that time is that um, for us, Carly and I had always been content 
producers and makers and relied on other people's distribution channels, other people being the CBC or Chorus or any of any of the you know the largest broadcasters in this country and in the US. And we thought we had an opportunity to work with Julian and really expand the brand equity of Notable because it was quite powerful. It had been around for nine years when we took it over. Um, and then subsequently, we started on that path. We'd walk Julian through what our vision was. Uh, we became co-owners of the company with him. And then um, subsequently, Julian wanted to you know, go off and create new opportunities for himself with his lifestyle and yoga brand. Um, and so Carly and I continued on that path. But yes, acquisitions were always a part of it. Strategic partnerships are very, very important to us. Expanding internal companies as well. So notable productions being one of them, which just produced the Country Music Awards. Um, so we're sort of scaling up by working with other companies, but also scaling internally as well to build out divisions. Wow, amazing. I want to you know, talk about the growth and where you came from, Claire. I mean, when I looked looked at your career, and I mean, this is online looking, <laughs> like LinkedIn pursuing of your your handles. But I mean, you you had, you you had already mentioned. I mean, you had held various roles between national broadcasting, sports entertainment. I'd love it if you could share with us um, some difficult decisions that you had to make in the past that eventually made you grow. Yeah, as a business leader. Some of the stuff, and let me tell you some of the stuff you don't see on my LinkedIn because it really just goes way too far back. But I've, uh, I started my, um, professional career beyond Zellers and right. Walmart and all the places I worked for prior to working in entertainment at, um, as a stage manager, production stage manager for giant commercial musicals. So I did shows like The Lion King, um, and Mamma Mia. Wow. And so that's what I went to school for, um, theatrical production. And that's where I started my career. And I was fortunate enough because I love working hard to have really risen through the ranks in commercial, the commercial theater industry in this country and in, in the U S. And I was only about 25 years old. Um, and I'd sort of hit my peak because mm -hmm. there were a lot of other people in, in my position, um, what I was doing who were in their forties and fifties and, you know, their jobs were quite secure and they had, you know, a large, large CV. So I could continue to stay at the level I was in commercial theater or I could leave and do something else. So at that time I had a, a huge paying job. I got to go around the world and, and I had a great time. And I decided to take what I was being paid, which was quite a good six figure salary and drop down to $32,000 a year working um, as an assistant in, uh, at the CBC. So like an entry level. Entry level. Yep. And, and I've, I've, you know, the type of personality I have is that even now as the CEO of a company, I do, you know, I'll be a production assistant if that's what a project needs. I'll do anything possible just to get the job done. So I started then my career in television. I eventually moved up the ranks and became an executive producer of live entertainment at the, at the CBC. And then, of course, continued my career in television. And then, as I said, just when I, you know, before we took over Notable, I held various roles with the NHL, but have always had to make decisions that are f that are financially insecure. Mm, um, interesting. So even when I was at the NHL, for me to go now and be an entrepreneur and run Notable with my business partner, that was a large financial risk. And in the first year of our company, um, which was last year, Carly and I did not take a salary, like most entrepreneurs and CEOs. And 
And so we existed just on our, on, on, you know, on, um, we self-financed this company and those are risky things. Um, and so sometimes I'm sort of laying at home and thinking, oh, you know, you always have the entrepreneurial, like, is this the right thing to do? Or should I just be an executive? A lot of you self-doubt. Know, exactly. I, I, I hear that already. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I believe that this is the right path for me. And, and, and I think, you know, just in terms of any leader's decision making, you need to be very, for me, I have to be very, you know, balanced and sort of grounded for me to always rely on my instinct mm-hmm. about what's right for me. And that's what I've done my entire career. And so far, knock on wood, it's paid off. No, that's, that's amazing. And, and I'm really impressed in terms of the jump, becoming an entrepreneur, you know, really, identifying that opportunity and going with it. Did you have anyone that you had turned to during this phase outside of your, your business partner, you know, as this opportunity came someone to bounce this idea from, because not everyone does this. Yeah. You know, just before I came into notable, I ran a production company that I didn't own, but I ran it uh, for somebody else. And, I so I had been exposed to the sort of white knuckling nature of being an entrepreneur. Um I, I had been a freelancer as well for many many years and which is completely different than being an entrepreneur. I think some entrepreneurs feel or some freelancers I should say feel as though um being a freelancer is the same thing and it's not. Uh, you, when you, you know, if you start your own company, of course, you start with a company of one, which is you, which yes, is freelancing. But being an entrepreneur is looking, is forecasting about your own growth, the company's growth and thinking about it as a company as opposed to you being an individual. Um, so I had, I had a lot of sort of purview and visibility into what it was like to be an entrepreneur. So I felt really comfortable becoming one because I was 95% there anyway, because my former boss's company challenges I always took on as my own you you know what I mean so I so I was comfortable doing it but um but it is quite different than being a freelancer I I can tell you that especially when you've got lots of employees oh no for for sure and it's so funny that you brought that up I was uh recently on a I think it was a Twitter chat I think I was on Twitter and I I noticed some people in my network were discussing Mm. entrepreneurship so I jumped on it and someone was mentioning that you shouldn't market yourself as a freelancer because it's different than a consultant and it might yeah. in people's mind. And and I sort of, I was like, oh, is that true? Because I'm not, I never knew the difference. And I I know the younger generation and maybe for Notables community, they gravitate to the word freelance yes. versus consultant. Yeah. And I, and I was sort of like, oh, really? Is that true? I, I don't get it. I thought it was the same thing, but hmm. you just sort of like. Yeah, I mean, you know, Consultant is a, a totally different, you know, for me anyway, in my background of working in entertainment and media, the term consultant is something that I know a lot of people now interested in branding and content use. But in the real, in, in the, I would say linear entertainment industry, um, the term consultant means a freelancer who comes in to consult on a project as a freelancer. Um, so it's almost the same. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I, I just, my frame of reference is totally yeah. different. Um, but uh, I would say, you know, in the entertainment industry, which is really where I came up through the ranks, there aren't a lot of entrepreneurs. There right. are, you know, uh, you're working for giant companies who mm-hmm. 
who are run by entrepreneurs, That's but right. they're billionaires. That's right. <laughs> no, for sure. No, I appreciate that sharing it. And it's just funny. I wanted to bring it up because it, it just had happened literally yesterday. Uh, <laughs> that, that chat. I wanted to, because we were talking more so about, you know, the, the strategy and the opportunity of taking over Notable. I'd love to get a sense of what you and Carly did as you came over day one mm. of Notable, or maybe it was minus 10 days, like coming yeah. in. Like, how did you come in and take over this team and, and really get get people rallied under under who you, where you guys were taking this? You know, it was, year one was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was tough for several reasons. One, Carly and I, are are the type of people who are cut from the same cloth. So we are, you know, we when Carly and I met, we met on a television production. Mm-hmm. And people who work in production rise up through the ranks based on their commitment and complete imbalance with their personal life. Of course. <laughs> you work 16 hours a day, you never turn off your phone. It is grind 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 at like 7 days a week. Mm-hmm. And and Everything in production, especially live production, is a priority and is a critical issue to fix. So Carly and I are the type of people who never give up. And what happened when we walked into Notable is that the team who had been carefully chosen by Julian and had such great history with the company, um, the team was not used to the expectations that Carly and I had walking in the door. And our expectations were not you know, just looking back, they were not right sized to the size of the company and the, the skills of the people who worked in that company. And, and that was because we walked in as we do, which is like, you know, (laughs) we roll on in and everybody needs to get up to speed immediately and get on the same page as us. And so that didn't work. And it didn't work for the people who were working within the company at that same time, because they were used to a different type of structure. Um, And so, Year one was hard with, first of all, Carly and I trying to, we were on a huge learning curve trying to understand the reputation of the company, what the company had done for the previous nine years, what works for the company, um, and at the same time really understanding how to torque a, 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 a brand that was known as a publication into something that was known as, you know, became something that, that is now known as a much, a, a much larger media company. Um, so we all, you're, you're sort of learning in real time and it's really hard. Um, and so we have, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to say that we've got reciprocal relationships and respect for the people who were part of the company when we walked in. And we try really hard as leaders to always make sure that if, if people within on our team aren't the don't have the right skills for the job i i will do whatever i can to get them a job where their skills uh are are right um so yeah year one was tough and and we're still learning you know we're still learning every day as we go on how to scale up a company while you're executing at the same time it's hard hey biz leaders if you'd like to keep in touch Join me on my free private Facebook group where I share insights, answer your questions, and connect you with like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for The Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. 
Now let's get back to it. I guess I'm curious to know now you're 18 months in, if you were to go back then, is、yeah. there something you would do differently as you took over the team? Yeah, I think we, if, if I could change anything, and we don't typically, like, I'm not somebody who leads with regret.、No. I'm always somebody who leads with everything's all learning. So that happened and, and, and it's now shaped, you know, part of, part of me so that the next time I can make a different decision. We, Carly and I move very fast. <laughs> and,、um, and so what, what, And I like to lead with knowledge and experience. So, in my world, what I should have done is be asked way more questions and become f- way more familiar with, you know,、uh, how, how the publication,、um, what successes the publication had and how, how to operate. A, a daily publication. I started my career when I worked in television. I started in news. So I worked with a group of, you know, the hardest working journalists in the business at the, over at the CBC. And so I knew sort of, I knew publication and news and daily content. Um, but still to operate it at a level, I'll give you one, ex- I'll give you an example that's very tangible, um, to help sort of give you a picture. Um, when you work in television, You, it's a totally different set of metrics on what success looks like. And you don't get to buy those metrics. So TV producers are measured on their, the success of their projects is based on television ratings. And when we came into a publication and, 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 you know, we found out that the way the digital community, community works is to, um, put a spend against Views or, you know, likes or whatever it is. That was totally foreign to us because,、right. you know, in our world, the views and the likes and the, the metrics come from good work. It doesn't come from putting you, you putting money into it. So we sort of, that was the kind of learning curve we were on. And,、uh, and had I known that going in, then, You know, I just think I would have made some different decisions from a day to day basis on how we operated. No, for sure. And, and being a business leader, I've heard many different, I guess, stories as, as, as individuals come into existing organization. And it's really fascinating for me. And I always like to t- share those as because those who may be listening might be starting a new job on Monday, <laughs> right? So、yeah. it's, it's definitely, definitely important to hear what Claire said and what she did and, and what she would have done. Not no regrets is, is what would she have done. I wanted to change the topic a bit to something a bit maybe more personal to you. I know we had this a little. Discussion in the past about this, but I'd love to get your thoughts on, on how you lead with compassion and purpose. Yeah. I mean, you know, leading with compassion, I think is one of the hardest things for a business leader to, it sounds funny, but it's, it's very hard to in the moment,、um, take on a challenge and Put the compassion piece first. So, so, you know, as an example, an employee on your team who has, you know, not completed their tasks or not done their work or they're quitting or whatever it is. Um, when you're a business leader and your, your really entire day is a revolving door of problems. Um, how do you sort of, you know, press the pause button on how you respond, uh, to crisis, no matter big or small when it happens? And I think that, Um, I practice gratitude every day. Um, 
it's something that for me helps ground me. Well, even when I'm sitting in traffic on the mm. way to work, because I work downtown Toronto. Yeah. And um, I've gotten into a habit. I, t- I speak to my staff a lot, actually, about building a habit. Um, and I feel sometimes that I work with other senior leaders and management leaders. And because we've been around for so long in our careers, um, we sort of uh, sometimes let slide the habitual nature of small things because we have such big things on our plate to deal with. Um, and so for me, the compassion part comes from um, – practicing gratitude every day and I don't have a lot of time I'm not one of these people unfortunately who has time in my day to you know spend an hour and a half at yoga before I come in I wish I was (laughs) but I'm just not um so I do those small things and then you know I find that it helps me in crisis um and you know, when when an employee walks in and let's say you've just given them a raise two months before or you've, you know, twisted yourself into a pretzel to meet the needs of what they're looking for. And then they come in and tell you that they're leaving anyway. Um, I'm just always I've found that over the past five years, I'm always really happy for people when when they tell me they're leaving, because to me that that means I've done something right Um in terms of leading them, that somebody else now is excited to be working with them. Um, and in order for me to feel that and not feel, you know, uh, frustrated that I now have a, you know, have to find someone to fill their role or whatever it may be. Um, I find that practicing gratitude every day helps me with that. And also verbalizing that gratitude. Um We have a lot of, I mean, all, our whole team, we're so proud of, you know, they just, they really just, really crushed it this past weekend um, on one of the biggest projects that they've ever done. And it's really important. I find for even, you know, shows like that, that we just did, they're so all encompassing and um, you know, there's problem after problem after problem. And you're in real time dealing with it because it's a live television broadcast. And I still would push myself as, as a habit to say, thank you to people to look at them when they'd done something big or small Um and then sort of that. So when I talk about leading with compassion, it's first building a habit that's going to help you find that compassion when, you know, bad things happen, when, exactly. when crisis happens. I'd like to get just one tip in terms of practicing or, or gaining that habit of gratitude for the listeners out there that, that may be just as busy as you. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, what's the one thing they could do to get that habit in? When I'm in the shower or brushing my teeth, I think of three things, um, tiny things um, that are going to make me grateful about my day. So I think, you know, today's it, it could be something as silly as today's not cold. So I get to wear my favorite T-shirt or um, I'm really grateful that I have water to brush my teeth with. The, like those are are the three, those are the types of things I think about. Or I'll think, you know, this past Monday, yesterday, I thought, I am so grateful that I've got a team who smiles. And and that was that was my thing yesterday. So when I walked in, I thought, well, then I better be somebody who smiles when she walks in the door. Um, and so I think if you can just find two minutes in your day, for me, like I said, it's a shower, and just habitually think of those three things, it just resets your day off on a totally different path. It's great. I mean, you put a smile on my face thinking about that. And thank you for sharing that. It's really important for us as business leaders to really, you know, think, like you said, really reflect on the small things like water is a big thing in some parts uh, of the world, right? So I mean, that was a great example. And Claire, 
Can you name a person who had who had a tremendous impact on you as a business leader? You know, I've I've been fortunate throughout my entire working career to have a collection of business mentors. Mm-hmm. Um and but I would so so I have, you know, my whole advisory board that's personal to me that sure. that you know, I've worked with uh over the the years and have great relationships with um there's one woman in particular who helped shape how I lead. Um, her name's Jennifer Detman. She is uh, one of the executive directors over at the CBC. And she was the f- person who broke me into television. Um, she was the person who I modeled myself on in terms of, you know, how I respond to situations. We're very similar in terms of our temperament. Um and our shorthand with each other, and so I still. In fact, I'm spe- I'm speaking to her right after right after I talk to That's you great. today. Um, um, and so I lean on her a lot in terms of helping me problem solve bigger, you know, career decisions um, or cha- or challenging things that happen happen with the company. Um, and uh, I trust her her impeccably in terms of how sh- how she decision makes because she's not somebody who makes decisions ba- based on emotion. Mm-hmm. She makes them based on practical information and no ego. And that's you know, and again, that that's sort of how I like to try and work. I can't say I always do that, right? Right. But that's what I like to. That's how I like to try and lead. That's great. I'm 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 pretty excited that you're meeting with her after. So <laughs> you definitely we'll definitely give her a shout out now. So you guys have a great meeting after this. Claire, is there any any books that you're reading right now? You know, I I read I go back and read um, leadership books. So I have two types of books that I read, and there it's it, my husband thinks it's hilarious. I read like very informative business books. Um, I read autobiographies, and then I read uh, like young adult books. Nice. <laughs> so I like he's that. like, it's so bizarre that you read YA and then you know a strategic book on business. I'm like, yep, that's me. There's like no in between. It's like one end of the spectrum or the other. Um, so right now, there's two things I'm reading. I I I went back to read Option B by Sheryl Sandberg, mm-hmm. um, because I I I find that that book is like we've been talking about finding compassion and you know in your daily life and how you lead with gratitude. <clears throat> I think some of my some of my friends and colleagues thought that book was strictly for when somebody passes away in your life. These are the things that you should feel and right. do. And that's nobody, you know, I'm grateful to not have anybody pass away in my life. But I read it because to me, that is a business that is a leadership book that is not about, you know, gr- just grief. Um and so I'm rereading that because I think there's so many impactful passages in that. And I've, do you know Blue Ocean Strategy? I do. Oh, I love that yeah. book. I haven't read it, but a good you friend of mine. You have to. Yeah. I use Blue Ocean in my office all the time. And it's funny, Carly and I have this joke because, um, you know, when you're, when you lead a company that's trying to be disruptive in different areas, but at the same time, play and work well in an industry that is changing um, with with lots of other companies who you know do things in a certain way um, y- we always joke about being in a blue ocean or a red ocean and I just love I just I so our whole team uses that analogy but 
I don't even think they've read the book, even though I encourage them to. So I encourage any of the listeners, if you have not read that book and you don't have time to, at least, you know, it makes me so happy to think about being in a blue ocean. That, And I think it's so inspiring that that's actually what I think when I'm having an inspiring conversation like with you today. I, I'm visualizing a blue ocean. So no, that's those great. are my two. I mean, I, I almost want to read both of those books or like almost immediately. Um, but we'll definitely share that as well. Um, thank you for sharing that. Fun question, Claire. If I were to ask any of your team, present or past, <laughs> oh gosh. colleagues, peers, business partners, <laughs> what's the best leadership quality that you have? What, what would they say? Oh my gosh. Well, well, we just finished that large project on the weekend, so don't ask them today because <laughs> they probably saw a different side of me this weekend. Um <clears throat> I think the reputation I have, and I've been told this, is that I'm fair but tough, and I'm happy with that. I want to, I want to, I mean, to me, tough means that I have expectations that need to be met. Um, and fair to me means that regardless of what my ego wants or, you know, how I feel emotionally, I always will try and make my decisions based on um, the right thing to do not the thing I want to do. <laughs> so yeah, I've heard I'm fair, but tough. I, I'm, but I'm always growing and changing. So I'm not sure what they would say now. <laughs> well, I, I hope it, it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, we'll hear from them after this airs. I <laughs> oh, guess. are you going to do a streeters pack with them asking them? Yeah. What do you think of Claire? Maybe I should. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what else is going on, Claire? I know, I mean, it's been a whirlwind of 18 months. You just had the biggest production under, under the house, but, but maybe maybe you have something else. What else is going on? Something you're excited to, to share with us today? We have, so coming up, we have, um, we're doing a ton of initiatives with, with big brands that I'm super excited about. It's funny, just the other day, somebody asked me, what brands do you really want to work with? Like, give me the name of a brand you want to work with. And I thought to myself, there isn't, that's not sort of how I think. In my mind, it's, I love the problem and finding a solution to problems. So right. it doesn't even matter what the brand is, mm -hmm. big or small. Um, I want to find solutions to people's problems. I do that in my personal life. I do that in my professional life. I'm just a different kind of fixer. Um, so what's coming up for us and Notable is we're, 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 we're doing so much huge impactful work that I'm really excited about um, with brands and helping brands to create a movement that goes beyond just brand key messaging where it actually creates impactful change and um, creates sort of a mission around doing good. So I'm really excited about that. Almost all of the campaigns we have have a component to them that um, – will, you know, create change in some way. So I'm excited about that. We're doing the Notable Awards this November, which is uh, last year was my first year doing them because we just taken over the company and they were fantastic. And this year they're going to be even better. And uh, as a company, as I said, we're we're continuing to have conversations with other entrepreneurs about working together. We um, we have uh, Carly and I are really passionate about a tequila company that we are uh 
partners in. It's called Aguamil Tequila, and we create. Uh, so we're partners in that company and continue to learn and grow about, you know, distribution and what it's like to be in the LCBO and all of those things. Um, and Aguamil has some huge things on the horizon, so I'm excited about that too. I feel Got like a lot we should have go. been taking a shot today, right now. <laughs> we should have actually. Oh, I know my bad. No, I'm sorry. I had no idea. Just kidding. Um, but this, I, I'm really having a blast, Claire. This is this is really great. Lots of insights you share. But before we end, I'd love to get um, some final thoughts from you. Ideally, what we're looking for is some key recommendations that you could give to to the to the business leaders who are who are listening today. You know, I think the biggest thing that I, you know, for me is, and we sort of talked about this off the top, is if you have an ego, and by ego, I mean people who, you know, you feel like you're at the top of the company and and uh, you, you hire or employ people to do ABC, whatever it is. Um, it's sort of the same as it works in your personal life ego, which is that you will be in your own way at some point in your career if you can't figure out how to um, manage yourself. And Carly and I talk about that a lot. We talk about it's the it's funny because it's kind of a legal term, but we joke with each other about govern yourself accordingly. Um, and sometimes I find that leaders and business leaders or freelancers or entrepreneurs, whatever level you are at in your career, ego is a huge thing that will hold you back. It, it does in all types of relationships, including marriage and, you know, relationships with your children, whatever it may be. And <clears throat> that's why I think it's really important, as I said earlier, to get into the habit of managing yourself and changing your sort of thought process from day to day. Because as a company leader, it can all be taken away from you tomorrow. Not because you didn't work hard enough, not because you're not smart enough, not whatever it is could be out of your control. And if you have an ego, it's going to take you much harder, harder and longer to climb back up that hill. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's, I, I, I feel like that's the biggest thing to, to, the biggest thing is to manage yourself and balance yourself every day before, before starting it. Well, that's been amazing. To close, Claire, can you tell us where we could find more information about you, Notable, or anything you'd like to share with us today? Notable, uh, well, NotableLife.com is our media publication, um, but we are always doing announcements um, as to what we're doing on the trade side. So with acquisitions and, um, you know, when we're looking for strategic partnerships, <coughs> excuse me, um, and I'm open to, you know, any entrepreneur or freelancer reaching out to me really at any time. So um, my email address is Claire at NotableLife.com, C-L-A-I-R-E, and I'm, I'm, always happy to sort of offer advice or speak to anybody about what we do at Notable. Well, Claire, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank for you for having taking me. Taking the time yeah. to join us on the business. I'm bringing list. tequila next time. I feel so bad. Oh my God. I might just drop in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. That's it, biz leaders. Thank you for joining me on the business leadership podcast. This was episode number 79 with Claire Adams. If you want to learn more about Claire, Notable Life, or anything else we discussed, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 079. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Please join me on my free private Facebook group called 
the business leadership group where I share insights, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to the podcast today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Thank you.